Well, hello again, I'm Tony Payne, and welcome to another edition of The Painful Truth, the regular newsletter and podcast that seeks to apply the truth of Christ crucified, to speak that truth into each situation that we face in our lives, whether in our personal lives or in the family or at home or at church or in the workplace, bringing the truth of Christ to all that we face as Christians in the world. And this is another of the free public editions of The Painful Truth, about once a month. In fact, in the third week of each month is my new rhythm. I'm going to be sending out a free public edition of The Painful Truth to everybody on the list. Uh, and if that's you, if you're one of the free listers, it's great to have you here. Great to be speaking with you again. Over the past month, you've missed a few things, though, if you're on the free list. We had a really interesting discussion about singing and emotions and affections in two posts. There was one called 10,000 Reasons Our Songs Are Changing, which was about how there's an unmistakable trend towards slower, more intense uh, congregational singing at the moment. And what does that mean? And why is that happening? And how should we respond to it? And then a follow-up post on singing and the affections, on the place of emotions and affections in singing. Uh, including a well-known quote from Jonathan Edwards that I had another look at and a bit of a reread of. So there were two posts on singing and the affections, plus another one on a fresh take on the personhood of the unborn child and how we might talk about that subject more effectively with our friends, and another one on whether Christian truth is like a locked room, whether it's a circular argument that once you get into, you can't get out of. Anyway, there's been lots happening in the last month or so, and the good news is that if you would like to access that material, it's not all that hard. You can just become a member of The Painful Truth, and the easy part at the moment is that there's a free trial offer happening, a 60-day free trial that allows you to not only access those uh, archive articles from the last month, and in fact from the last year, but to get every edition every week, including the, the new monthly Q&A that I'm about to do. Uh, some regular work-in-progress reports from my other writing, including some draft chapters, uh, some book specials, and, of course, the joy of supporting Christian writing and my eternal gratitude as well. So if you'd like to take up that free 60-day trial and give The Painful Truth a spin around the block more regularly, it's pretty simple. You just go to this link. You go to The Painful Truth, that's spelt P-A-Y-N-E, painful, thepainfultruth.online slash free trial 60. Thepainfultruth.online slash free trial 60. That's all one word, free trial 60. And you can see how you go with that. But anyway, enough of the Steak Knives commercial. It's on to today's post, which is called Move Right, Look Left. There's a moment in the Trellis and Vine workshops and ministry weekends and talks that I've often been doing over the past several years when the same joke always shows up. Sometimes old jokes are like old friends. You see them approaching on the street and you give them a slap on the back as they arrive and pass by. And this old joke always happens when we're discussing the moving to the right diagram. Now, many of you will have heard of this diagram or seen it. And it's always hard to deal with a diagram in a podcast. You can go across to the web version, of course, of this article at thepainfultruth.online and see that diagram. But essentially, it's a diagram with a big arrow that points to the right. On the left-hand side is the domain of darkness, where we're stuck before Christ rescues us. 
On the right-hand side, we're in the kingdom of his son, and it all pushes towards the right, towards the direction of becoming like the Christ who has now died and risen and has gathered his people around himself. And so the basic idea is that becoming a disciple of Christ and growing as his disciple is like moving to the right on this diagram, being rescued out of the domain of darkness into Christ's kingdom and being transformed into his likeness as our king. And therefore, all Christian ministry has this same essential character, whether it's more down the evangelistic end of the diagram or more up the transformational end, and whether that ministry is being practiced by an experienced pastor or by the newest Christian disciple, all Christian ministry is simply and essentially moving every single person around us, whether at church or at home or in our neighborhoods or in our small Bible study groups, one step to the right. And the method for moving people to the right, one step to the right, is also the same all the way across the whole spectrum, the whole diagram. It's through the famous four Ps. And they stand for, firstly, presenting or proclaiming. You can take your pick there. God's word, God's gospel word in some form. The first P is the word of God, presenting or proclaiming the word in some way. Secondly, praying in the spirit that that word would be effective. Thirdly, all this being done in and through people, through God's people. We're the ones who do this work. And finally, continuing to practice this perseveringly, if I can put it like that, to keep on presenting the word, praying in the spirit, and to do it over time with our lives serving as an example of that word that we're speaking. So we've got presenting God's word, praying in the spirit that would be effective, all this happening through God's people, and then continuing to practice this perseveringly over time. That's the the basis or the essence of this moving to the right diagram. And as I said, many of you will have seen it in some form or other. And if you do want to explore it further, um, the place to go is the Vine Project. That's where we kind of lay out the diagram and what it means and expound it and give it its scriptural kind of support in the opening pages there. I think it's from around page 43 or so of the Vine Project for the next 100 pages or so of that book. We lay out this whole way of thinking about the Christian life and Christian ministry as a movement to the right in a bit more detail, if you want to check that out. Anyway, that's enough context to give you the scenario. We're in a workshop, a trellis and vine workshop. We're talking about this diagram, and the same joke always comes along. And it trades on the discomfort that people feel about thinking of the Christian life as a relentless movement to the right. Don't worry, friends, I always say, this is not a movement away from CNN and towards Fox News. In order to be a Christian, you don't have to turn away from the ABC News and say, turn on Paul Murray Live or something like that. It's not a transfer of allegiance from, and then you can name a current left-wing politician, towards a current right-wing politician. And there's general tittering and laughter because everyone's been thinking this as we've been working our way through the diagram. No, I say the left-right language is not about politics. It's for entirely scriptural reasons, I say with a solemn expression. And then I quote Ecclesiastes 10 verse 2, which says, as you probably well know, a wise man's heart inclines him to the right, 
but a fool's heart to the left. I've no real idea, to be honest, what that verse means, but it's very handy in this circumstance for getting a laugh and for um, diffusing the sense of unease that some people have about this left-right language. But then I reassure them in these circumstances that if they're still a bit uncomfortable about this left-right business, don't worry, because the left is about to get its revenge. Christian ministry is not only about becoming more rightwards or right-leaning or right-moving. It's also, crucially, about the left. And that's because one of the key moments, I think perhaps the key moment, in the growth of every Christian disciple is when he or she starts to look left. What do I mean by that? The growth that God works in our hearts as Christians happens through the four Ps, as I've suggested. It's a growth into the character of Christ himself. It's a transformation into the likeness of Christ. And the single word that best describes that character is love. As I move to the right, as a Christian, as I grow as a Christian, my faith becomes more active in love, as Galatians 5 puts it. I begin to realise, with a dawning horror, just how self-focused I am, just how self-focused my life has been, even my Christian life. I start to see that my life, including my Christian life, is not about me. It's about Christ, of course, but it's also about all the people that Christ has given me to love, all the people around me that he's given me to love. I begin, in other words, to look left. I lift my head up and open my eyes and I see multitudes. I see people all around me that need to move to the right, to take steps towards knowing Christ or growing in Christ. And it dawns on me that God has called me, little old me in my own weak and faltering way, and with my own particular relationships and opportunities, with my weaknesses and strengths, he's called me to help those people take one step to the right. Now this moment, this realisation, I guess this penny drop moment, you could call it, is a turning point in Christian growth. And it can be a drawn out turning point for some people. It can also happen quite early in the Christian life, or it sometimes happens after many decades of comfortable, slow-moving Christian experience. It's also essential for what we call training or equipping or ministry, perhaps. It's the foundation for all those things. Learning to be active in ministry or in disciple-making, however we want to call it, to be active in helping other people move to the right. This is not primarily about acquiring skills or becoming involved in particular teams or activities. These things are very important, don't get me wrong. But the essential thing is convictional. It's a change of vision and heart. The more we fix our eyes on Christ, the more that conviction grows in our heart. 
the more that we see that love for others in Christ is the nature of our life now, the more we will long and pray and work to see Christ also formed in them, to see them move to the right. In other words, the more we grow as a Christian, the more mature we become, the more we move right, the more we look left. Now, you may be thinking to yourself at this point, I wish I was more like that. I wish I looked left with more conviction and more heart. And we can all look left with more conviction and heart as we grow as Christians. But you also might be thinking if you're a ministry leader or congregational minister of some kind, you may also be thinking if only there were more people like that in my congregation. And this is indeed a besetting problem for many churches, that perennial search for more people who are willing to step up and be involved, to become active partners in ministry, to lift their eyes from themselves and their own lives to those around them and to spend their energy and their time and their resources and their gifts in serving them and seeking to move them to the right. But the underlying problem The underlying sickness of which a lack of involvement is a symptom is a deficit in Christian maturity. We need more people who have moved sufficiently to the right that they start to look left. That's the key thing. And that, of course, leads to the next question. How does that happen? How do we move people sufficiently to the right that they start to look left? How does that penny drop moment take place? How can we see more people reach that key moment? Well, the answer might already be obvious from what we've already said above, but in case it isn't obvious, and to tease it out in a little more detail, I'll turn to that question in next week's Painful Truth. How can we see more people reach that moment of Christian maturity when they've moved to the right sufficiently to start looking left? And I look forward to talking with you about that next time. Well, thanks again for being here this week on The Painful Truth. I hope you found that stimulating. And I'd be interested, as always, in hearing your thoughts and questions and comments. You can email me at tonyjpayne at me.com, tonyjpayne at me.com. Or you can head across to The Painful Truth website to the web edition of this podcast where it's all there in text. And you can drop a comment there as well. And while you're there, of course, you can subscribe and become a member of The Painful Truth and get every edition every week, including that free 60-day trial thing. I'll give you that link again if you like it. It's thepainfultruth.online slash freetrial60. So please feel free to take that up if you'd like to. Well, thanks for being here once again. I'm Tony Payne. Bye for now. (music) 